Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about organic learning. And to do that, I have brought on Rob Fox, the Cambridge Manny. Hello, Rob. Thank you, Martha, for having me today. It's so lovely to have you. We've been we've been working on making this happen for a while, so I'm, I'm glad that... Um, both Rob and I both have had some technology struggles, so we're, we're so happy to have you today. Thank you. No, the pleasure is all yours. Thank you very much. <laughs> very much. Um, so before we talk about organic learning, let's hear um, your nanny journey. I, I love nanny journeys of all sorts, and I hear you have a really good one. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> I guess at the beginning. Um, I left school with uh, limited um, qualifications. Turned out I was dyspraxic, but later diagnosed whilst at university. So I decided to do my EC qualifications, a level two initially, and then a level three. This was 13 years ago. So I've been in the field for 13 years. I started working in daycare programs. Five, six years into my career, I was offered a chance to go and teach in Italy for six months. Mm. My grandma died. I came home um, and then I got a job as a HLTA in London, a teaching aide in London whilst Mm -hmm. I did my degree. And then I decided to move back to Cambridge and Cambridge has always been home for me for like the past however long. and I came back to Cambridge whilst I was doing my degree. I finished my degree in London, then moved to Cambridge to do the second half of my degree. Mm-hmm. And then I was working in school up until the summer of 20, 2019. Wow. And um, I loved it. Um, always worked with children, always worked in the early years, had babysitting opportunities that I would be doing for family, friends and things. Um, I haven't talked about active childhood. I I forget about this. I I, I always, so I set up a platform on Facebook while studying for my degree just to air best practice. 
I wasn't working with a very supportive employer at the time. And I really wanted to question perspective, question um, theoretical understanding and really kind of have a deep level, deep level thinking of what was early childhood and what what made it unique? Why why do we work with children and the meaning and the reason behind what we do? Right. Um, another, so I set that up in the summer of 2016. It's grown over the last few months to be an international platform mm-hmm. for educators globally. Um, and we air and share best practices from our own country in an inclusive environment. Um, A lot of this journey on active childhood is reflected with my own individual challenges. I talk quite openly about my dyspraxia, um, the processing of information, the struggle, my struggle through schooling, my struggle through trying to find what my true gifts are as an educator. Um, So just if you're listening and you're curious about what uh, dyspraxia is, we will be doing an episode about it coming up. So keep your eyes open for that. You're welcome to look it up in the meantime, if your curiosity is getting the best of you. But um, just know that that I'm not just going to like drop that and like let it slide because I love helping people understand. So thank you, Martha, for that. So I um, was doing some work last summer after leaving school I was approached by a friend to do some quality work um, looking at policies and procedures in daycare Um, I went then to train as a regulatory inspector but realized that actually my heart was in the childcare. I Mm -hmm. I saw some really bad daycare settings and really I needed to come back to the ground and be on the floor with children Um, you know, I still support settings. I offer advice and consultancy, but I still needed that connection um, and growth and feel like I have to give back. Um, So that brings me up to January of this year, uh, last year, even. Yeah, yeah, last year now. 2020. (laughs) It feels like that whole year was a a whirlwind. It really does. And... I guess so active childhood I was I was left I'd got a job in a daycare program helping a friend of mine and then well she said to me Rob I want you to go and work with the toddlers and I was like I haven't worked with toddlers for years like (laughs) five six years I I don't know what to do she goes no you'll be fine I thought oh preschoolers I'm fine she went you'll be great and I went okay so I did that for a few months, pandemic hits, March. I, because I'm self-employed, I ended up going home, losing my job. They didn't need me as much, my hours were cut. So I decided to utilize my social media platform to build, like I mentioned before, build on connections, grow. I was doing daily story times, on the Active Childhood page. They're there as a free resource. So if anyone wants to see me reading the book with no pictures or chocolate cake, please do have a look. They were daily story sessions over the lockdown period. Um, This months and months of being at home, I moved back to my parents' home uh, by the sea. I then 
come up to fast forward to September of this year. And I get a message in my inbox from one of our preschool parents um, saying that they needed emergency childcare uh, because they work for the National Health Service. Mm. And it was almost like this opportunity, it was too good to turn down. Right. Um, it meant moving back to um, Cambridge. Uh, I'd left Cambridge, went to the seaside, came back. And I guess it was a, it was an interesting time. We were first, a lot of restrictions had lifted and we were heading into more restrictions. So I had to move into a hotel whilst oh, wow. I was doing my trial. And then, and then I kind of, I, I loved it. I just, my, I got my vibe back. I got what mm-hmm. I wanted. I look after two boys, age one and four. Um, I've known boy four since he was two. So it kind of, it felt right. It felt right, the right mix um, to be. And that kind of brings us up to today. I've been, obviously, I've been a full-time nanny, nanny since um, mm-hmm. since September, since the mid, middle of September. Um, and I, with, I, I, I've decided to document my, days with the boys just so that not to show you and say look this is what I do I want to I want to share and inspire other nannies to think outside the box to really think about organic learning and we'll come on to this term in more detail um, as we progress with this chat today yeah yeah and I'm so interested because I think that a lot of nannies right we we all embrace the um, so many learning opportunities that just come up naturally. I've talked on the show probably a hundred times now about how, you know, like a walk around the block can be such a wonderful organic learning opportunity of like, wow, this is a really cool rock, you know, and it takes like sometimes an hour just to get around the block because we're following our curiosity instead of just walking, right? Um, And so, and with Christmas decorations, my goodness, like that season just passed here. And um, I mean, everywhere around the world. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I was like, in America, (laughs) we we have Christmas decorations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was silly. Um, uh, But anyway, yeah. And so, so I love these opportunities, but in, in viewing your pictures um, over the last month or so, I really, you really do find these wonderful ways um, to, to use things around the house. Like I saw like a cardboard thing with like pouch bottle caps in it the other day and I was like that looks like so much fun and it's just random stuff it is and often with you know play we can overcomplicate it play is the process of learning and not the end product play is the organic ideas of the child and originality in what they make it play is not pre-described prescribed Mm -hmm. play play is what the child makes of it and the only definition of play preparing for this uh interview today Mm -hmm. that i've come to is play cannot be defined by an adult 
Right. Play is the actions of the child in that very moment. So talking about the bottle tops and the cardboard thing, I bought a smoothie maker for Boy 4. We were, he's been shown interest in, you know, keeping healthy. And we were talking about, you know, making our bones big and strong. We're very restricted at the moment with restrictions here in the UK. So we, I'm trying to do my best to kind of think outside the box a little bit. But what amazed him was the packaging that came inside the smoothie maker. And I thought, I'm just going to leave this out as like a provocation. Uh, Talking about provocations, leaving out open-ended resources and seeing what he can come up with. What is his natural curiosity, awe and wonder? That's how I kind of assess his learning. What the, what is he telling me? And the fact is, he spent forty five minutes, long time for boy That's, just turned yeah four, forever, <laughs> and he was he was just literally pressing the bottle tops into the holes and then doing it on repeat. And from that, you know, you can see so much. You can see schematic play. You can, you know, we'll, we'll talk in future episodes about the benefits of almost not overcomplicating it, the experiences and often embracing the hidden moments in the moment right. and over and try not to overcomplicate things. You know, this is a growing, I have to say, this is 13 years of work and we're all at different stages. But what right. we need to do as educators and as, you know, caregivers, we need to talk and that's that's guess the area of why i'm here today to kind of air air where my journey's at and actually it is growth in time that you actually recognize this you know i've i used to be a nanny well i used to be an educator that we'd use handprints for every single experience and i talk quite openly about it how i don't agree with it now right but I had to go through an evolving scale over time. I had to let time through my knowledge and understanding of child development about, you know, the process rather than the end product. Right. And I'm just giving you ideas for future, future podcasts yeah. here. But I think, you know, acknowledging children's rights us as adults need to be facilitators. We need to step. <laughs> I always quote Magda Gerber here, mm-hmm. observe more, do less. Right. And as nannies now, we need to look at our own well-being. Pre, you know, with the COVID situation, we need to protect ourselves um, and we need to take good care. Prior to coming on, I was talking to Martha about how I'd been to the store and bought myself some candles and some plants a simple aspect of buying flowers for yourself, making you feel reignited, reigniting your energy. We as caregivers, we give back so much, but we need to give back to ourselves also. My word for this year was know your worth. Mm. And actually worth as a nanny, we give so much. Knowing my worth is acknowledging me and those signs of 
actually, how am I going to get through the next eight hours, nine hours? Okay, I'm going to simplify the experiences I do with the boys and not try and overcomplicate things. And some days we just allow play to, I never really go in with a learning intention, a learning objective. I, I just see what their learning is in the moment. And, you know, it is hard with mixed ages trying to facilitate. And there's future blog posts that I'm going to put up about mixed age care and, you know, finding, especially at this time when you've got both of them, if you've got two charges of differing ages and they're not interested in the same bit or the sibling rivalry that there is mm-hmm. organically in the moment. But like I said, we've got to be kind to us and actually give ourselves some time back and actually say, if a parent asks you to do extra time, say no, right. I need some time and you know, support yourself. Yeah, and I think um, when you brought up knowing your worth as a nanny, I I think that that is applicable here in a in a few different ways. One of which is like the self care and um, you know filling up your own cups because you can't pour from an empty cup and things like that. But the other part of it, I think, is knowing your worth as an expert, and that you don't need these cutesy crafts to like prove the learning from the day, like letting the learning that happened be enough. Um, Because I have found myself at times falling into that trap of like the parents really expect and want this um, product basically because that's the society that we live in and like at their work you know they have to like prove outcomes and all this stuff and I'm like right I understand that like that's how the adult world works that's how capitalism works that's how your work works um but for children like spending 45 minutes putting bottle tops into a cardboard thing is way better than them like really trying and sometimes getting frustrated trying to make like you know the perfect snowman it's about it's about building the process of emotional intelligence howard gardner talks about nurturing the process of emotional intelligence in the in the moment and actually our different learning styles as well as Mm -hmm. a nanny we need to look at the way we learn and how that fits in around the parents as well. Having that critical conversation at an interview and saying, I am a kinesthetic learner. I learn through doing. What kind of learner are you? And mm-hmm. that, that angle we don't really explore. And actually, it's almost, for me, it's great. Both parents are kinesthetic learners. The boys are kinesthetic learners. Right. So it works the dynamics work but I think we need to give more of a focus to recognizing that when we're having the initial conversations to find because I hear of nannies who don't are backwards and forwards and don't have that adequate level of support look at your learning style does that fit in with the people that you're working with if it doesn't then there's plenty of other children 
as we as we know there's plenty of other children there and certainly many families that will embrace your personality for who you are right right and and yeah and i i think just really talking to the parents about the importance of that offering up activities but letting the kids play with them in whatever way they want um you know and i i think that sometimes that's what is so exhausting about really, really being involved in play with children is that they break the rules. And in our adult brains, those rules are so important. Um, but to sit down with a child and play dollhouse and the rules of this dollhouse are that they're underwater, but they still have to take baths. You know, like in my adult brain, sometimes I'm like, why would you have to take a bath if you were already underwater? But in, <laughs> but in their brains, like that's really important because that's part of their daily routine is like yeah. they take the bath. And yeah. so allowing your brain as the caregiver to go along with the world that is being built by the child, um, is something that we are an expert in <laughs> and I think and worth celebrating. And absolutely. We are the same level of as doctors. We are professionals in our own right. We have qualities. We all have differing experiences. And, you know, what things are we good at? What interests do we have that we can help inspire these children? I'm I'm a photographer. I have a photography business. I, I incorporate that with the boys. I teach them how to, especially boy four, utilizing the phone, taking images, taking videos, recording videos in the moment and actually getting him involved in the process. The end product. I always think back to Albert Einstein. Play is the highest form of research. Right. Whether, whether he quoted it or not, there's always a caption that comes up on Facebook and social media platforms. Play, we give value to play. We as nannies have those qualities to be able to facilitate those conversations, to maintain that conversation, be on the edge of their play and engage when invited to do so. I often think we need to we scaffold we need to give children direct focus through scaffolding mm -hmm. but there is there is a fine line between scaffolding and overdoing right. and actually it's down to you to be able to recognize that time then actually you've given the instructions and enable the child to develop their own ideas so from a practical level I could be doing an activity with boy four and we could be doing a jigsaw and I could be showing him, you know, how to piece together the jigsaw and he's losing concentration because I'm talking, talking, talking. Right. And naturally as educators, we are continually, we talk through the routine, talk through, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Right. But breathe, <laughs> take a breath take a step back and actually buy it. This happened in the week. 
I, I, I found myself talking and talking and talking and I found that he was losing interest. Mm-hmm. And then I took a step back. I left it for him to do and he was able to do it in his own time. Right. And he was able to show me the process. Right. Of how he was building together his own problem solving that's actually more relevant for him as a four-year-old rather than me as a almost 30-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's such a good point of like really taking a step back and examining like, am I scaffolding right now or am I bulldozing? Um, Because that line is way more fine than I think we like to give it credit for. Um, Because a lot of times, sure, the puzzle, (laughs) you know, might take 30 minutes for the kid to like figure out, but if they're invested in figuring that out for 30 minutes, what a joy, what a joy for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's, we were talking before we, came online about loose parts and Mm -hmm. you know the random the randomness in um you know uh, loose parts and objects around the house that you know people people who aren't in our industry would not understand right Right. (laughs) and and trying to explain like a sieve and a you know um a bowl and a frying pan could be used to make music people be going really (laughs) That's not a musical instrument. That's not something I can go to tar- Target or some local uh, local store and pick up. Right. And, you know, actually, I know for sure with Boy One, he loves banging on saucepans and even putting the saucepan on his head. Right. And playing hide and seek. But he's <laughs> developing that those skills of, you know, using his own learn like using the provocation for what he wants to do you know i i forget that i'm you can't see me i use my hands quite (laughs) right so taking it on and taking it off and doing that on repeat and the i guess it's a pattern of behaviors that you can understand through through loose parts Mm -hmm. that provide children with originality of their the way they interpret things I want to say a point today. No astronaut, no spaceman, no guy in the local supermarket was taught prescriptively from a worksheet. Right. Bin it. Original thought processes are developed through organic learning. Learning that is original, learning that thrives from personality and we talked about learning styles learning that thrives from your own connections your own strengths as an educator as a nanny building those in to facilitate experiences for children learning is active when we're having fun right and actually it's about those moments the pure joy in the moment the pure laughter in the day. I, I, I don't think we often as nannies, we talk about the laughter in the day. If I go onto social media, I see 
boom, 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 negative, negative, negative. We need to reflect now on what are the positives in our lives? What have we got now in the present? If the pandemic taught me anything as an educator, it taught me the process of slowing down, mm-hmm. to be empathetic, to embrace children. And I talked about this in a podcast recently with Danny ABC yeah. about meeting children where they're at. Right. And actually, in the, for future reading and future topic, if we if we can look at this in more detail, but to be trauma informed, this is a traumatic time for us all. But it's important that we reflect on those things that we do have, not the things that we are losing. I I talk with experience having, you know, we're not allowed to the playground. Right. We love to go to the playground. We're now taking a walk around the graveyard because it's the only place where people aren't around. Wow. And it's, it's true. I've, I've had this conversation with my nanny family and said, this is the only place we can find. Mm-hmm. But we turn it into a learning experiences. We turn it into a learning experience. You know, we, we do letter hunts. We do number hunts on our way there and find and build learning into that yeah and, you know like i said in a previous point that i made learning is original learning is organic learning evolves naturally when children are enjoying themselves we don't need to another point i'm going to make here is behavior behavioral expectations are our expectations of our charges now higher because we think, oh, they need to be X, Y, and Z. They need to be meeting this criteria. They need to be potty trained by two years old. They need to be jumping through hoops in time for school. What we as nannies need to be doing is saying it's about readiness. It's not about readiness for school. It's about the school being ready for that unique child. Right. And actually, over on over on my own page on Active Childhood on Facebook, you will find free resources on there. It it's developing into a a global platform, and there's interviews with experts in the field. I'm very much looking forward to Martha coming on um, and having a conversation on there. I'd and love to. It's about building collaboration and reaching out. I talked quite openly with Martha about having a network of nannies around you. At this time, obviously being restricted in what we do with our charges, you know, not being able to go to music groups or not being able to go to the park or wherever, wherever you take recreation. It's about having a WhatsApp group with nannies who you trust. I have two nannies, over 30 years experience in one whatsapp group i have a group of mannies in another whatsapp group and it's about sharing ideas and sharing and airing best practice together and actually giving each other a boost at the end of the day good job well done pat on the back we don't give ourselves a pat on the back our bosses might give us a pat on the back on a friday and say good week well done we need to start saying well done to each other to boost our self-esteem and confidence. And actually, we do 
a great job in what we do. Yeah, we really and do. Our best is good enough. Mm -hmm. Because we're nurturing the next generation of young children and listening intrinsically, listening from the heart, practice from the heart. And it takes a lot out of you daily. Yes. And I hope that we can cover in a future episode about burnout and how to avoid burnout and sure. all these other things. But what I want to say today is we are gifted with this opportunity. Embrace, embrace, embrace. Leave your ego at the door. Right. Embrace a moment and listen wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's so lovely. Um, yeah, and as you were talking about, like, is the school ready for the unique child? Um, it, it reminded me of a book that when I was getting my education degree was like near and dear to my heart um, called The Element by uh, Ken Robinson. Um, and if you, as nannies, I, I understand we do not have a lot of time, but if you are interested in what Rob is saying here, um, the element also speaks to a lot of that, of like our school system, both in England and in the US, were built on the idea of like industrialism. So you get this part put on in this year and you get this next part, you know, like you learn division in third grade and, you know, it's like a conveyor belt, like a factory. Um, and so Ken Robinson is calling for schools to be in service to the children more than in service to the systems that we have that we're trying to like pump these children into. And so the idea behind it is that every, every human has an element that sparks that fire within them. And I think that as nannies, we have this lovely opportunity to help a child discover that element before the school system can get them. <laughs> um, and not to say that the school system is all bad. I, I have been involved in the school system. I think education is lovely, but I think anyone involved in education can agree that there are big problems with it that we um, are going to have to structurally change to make better. And um, I think that as nannies, we have this lovely opportunity of we can meet the individual child that is in front of us and follow their curiosity. And even if it's, you know, a group of children, even if you're working with, you know, a, a three or a five child household, you can still follow the individual curiosities of the children that you're working with um, and see where it takes you. And one child's curiosity might like, spark another child in a different direction. So, you know, in my talking earlier about the dollhouse being underwater, maybe that sparks a different child to like want to go look up what kinds of water life there is in your area or whatever. Um, learn about ocean creatures. There's so many directions it can go, but you have to be willing to follow the child instead of forcing the child to follow you. I absolutely agree there. Absolutely. And 
what the next level of is there is the research to underpin and i spoke about that quite openly that there is research that has been done by pioneers in the past and the level of the seriousness of play i i reflect a lot on the words of the hundred languages which i'll read i'll read to you now because some of some of our listeners may have not heard this and the hundred languages of children really for me reflects children's capabilities and competencies so it was developed in Reggio Emilia by uh, Loris Malaguzzi who is a pioneer in the early childhood field but something that I wanted to show is this poem because it really reflects how we look at the children how we look at their words their interests and like I said that power of are we interfering? Are we interacting a little bit too much? And the balance that it has. Let me just load this up. I will read this to you from the heart. Yeah. The child, the child is made of 100. The child has 100 languages, 100 hands, 100 thoughts, 100 ways of thinking, of playing, of speaking, 100 always a hundred ways of listening of marveling of loving a hundred joys for singing and understanding a hundred worlds to discover a hundred worlds to invent a hundred worlds to dream the child has a hundred languages and a hundred 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 more but they still 99 The school and the culture separate the head from the body. They tell the child to think without hands, to do without head, to listen and not to speak, to understand without joy, to love and to marvel only at Easter and at Christmas. They tell the child to discover the world already there, Just think on that moment. Already there. Mm-hmm. And of the hundred, there's still 99. They tell the child that work and play, reality and fantasy, science and imagination, sky and earth, reason and dream are things that do not, lo- do not belong together. And thus they tell the child that the hundred is not there. The child says, no way the hundred is there. In every interaction this forthcoming week, in all that we do, give the children back their competencies and discovery is in the process of learning rather than the end product. Martha, thank you very much for having me on today and to be able to share so openly my pedagogy from the heart. Yeah, thank you for being on. That was uh, lovely. And thank you for sharing that poem. I love that. I've not, I've not heard that before. So thank you. 
You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Um, wonderful. Well, we end each episode with a cute, fun story. And uh, Rob, I forgot to ask you, do you have one? Cute, fun story. Every, every single day. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why. I, but then it sometimes feels like this avalanche of like, but which one? <laughs> There's so many. Um, I, I guess one of my favorite stories really is the day we were going on a walk and I, I, it's in one of my posts uh, uh, taken from the 23rd of November. The best days of nannying are simply those that you go with the flow and let your nanny charges choose what they want to do. Whilst walking down by the river off Christ Peace, which is on the river in Cambridge, boy three and a half discovered a small door. The inner practitioner in me had lots of questions to ask. However, I took a step back. I wonder, I wonder what's behind the door, he repeated multiple times. Maybe it's a place we can escape the virus. This door, I, I thank the company for putting these provocations out in the world, in the city. Um, because he went on to say um, it allowed him to explore his own imagination. And he said this to me, maybe we can teleport to somewhere that is hot away from this cold weather. Mm. After seeing another door, he, he used the dial on the door to tell me what is one more and one less and recognize them in numerals. So really for me, curiosity, awe and wonder in the moment, embracing that and letting the child lead the way. Yeah, that's lovely. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Rob. I really, really appreciated getting a chance to talk with you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Martha, for having me on today. Wonderful. And we will see you all next week. Have a great week. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.